you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. So now moving forward, we don't know oh, yeah. the extent of these injuries. One's an oblique for McCaffrey, Debo. We, we'll have to see how long these guys may be out. But you said it. 49ers, 5-1, and one, great. But what happens now if these guys are out for a significant amount of time? And that's two weeks or more. You're talking about two to three weeks, but depending on each one of these players, that's a big deal, Jason. No doubt. Um, look, they were they went into that Lions game, or Lions game. They went into that Browns game undefeated at home in the regular season since the uh, McCaffrey trade, which is just about a calendar year ago. So that speaks, you know, that speaks to his impart right off the bat. And that opening drive, they rode him to a 7-0 lead and looked like, you know, given the Browns uh, issues offensively and, you know, P.J. Walker starting at quarterback and all that. You know, and then he throws an interception. It could have been a pick six. I thought Warner was going to take it to the house. He didn't. The, the, the 49ers aren't able to convert that into a touchdown. And that was it. They were They were done scoring the ball for the day for the most part until the very end. So... Yeah, the, these injuries had a massive effect on them. You know, Kittle is not anything like he was even a year ago, especially two years ago, right? So they're not getting much out of the tight end position. You know, Ayuk, it's very sort of feast or famine. Um, you have to defend them so much differently when you have athletes like McCaffrey and Samuel on the field together, rep after rep after rep after rep. Um, but they're not going to have that for a while now, you know, as I, I I think you're looking at, to your point, at least a couple of weeks. And, and one of these guys may be considerably longer. And then, yeah, if this becomes a cycle where we've seen it with Trent Williams, where he start, he's in and out of games, when you're that big, when, you, you, when you're that, you know, that large of a human being, and you start having issues with lower limbs or knees or ankles or whatever, that stuff tends to be exacerbated pretty quickly. Um, and look, they played three straight games at home. So they've got they've got some travel coming up because they got three straight home games, you know, <laughs> including short weeks at home early in the season and prime times at home. So, yeah, I think, look, it's going to be much more of a struggle for them now. We know they're able to run the ball well. They always can with what Kyle Shanahan does. But it was a different level with McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey was scoring – at least a touchdown a game. I mean, you came into the game up seven nothing because he literally was going to score at least one scrimmage touchdown in every game he played for them. A lot of times he's going to get two. So who finishes those drives? Well, the next guy up would be would be Debo, right? He was the guy yeah. getting a lot of that action before they made that trade. He's already banged up. So uh, a lot of pressure on that defense. Uh, they led the league in interceptions a year ago. We're tied for it. They're probably going to have to be that kind of defense again. Like, I don't think the answer is going to be put a whole, whole lot more on Brock Purdy. You know, like, <laughs> I, I think they know who he is and they know how to handle that. I, I think more pressure falls on the defense now to try to provide them short fields, to try to get early game turnovers, uh, to allow them to play with a lead. Um, the margins in the NFC just got a whole lot closer, right? Like a week, a week ago, we would have all said that San Francisco's in a different class than maybe anybody else in the NFL and certainly anybody else in the NFC. I'm not sure if that's the case right now, Carl, if they have to play a considerable period of time. And again, all three of these guys give me some pause because 
they've all had an injury history, you know, and they've yeah. all had an injury history where something happens early in the year and then it recurs. And next thing you know, it's over. It's important to remember if you've got to go to, let's just say the 49ers, Detroit or Philly for a playoff game. Detroit's on fire right now. Their fan base is going bananas. All right. Um, th- this home field advantage thing is going to play out as we go through the rest of the season. And I'm just saying 49ers last year, we know Purdy gets hurt. They don't want to have to go back on the road and play the Eagles again this year. So you've got to find ways to win games specifically in the NFC. So you don't have to worry about that. That is what the 49ers talked about in camp. You know, we want to make sure that we secure that and not have to worry. So these games are going to matter with the absence of those particular players, especially the NFC games, because that's what you're looking at now. We're going to get to that point where we start saying, all right, Who's going to go where? You got to go to, uh, you know, again, if you have to go to Dallas, I don't think that's as intimidating as maybe going to Philly if you're the 49ers, but still, you don't want to be on the road. Jason, I want to ask about uh, last night's game. Cowboys, speaking of the Cowboys, okay, they bounced back. They got their butts kicked. They got their butts handed to them by the 49ers last week. Everybody was talking about it, including us. Then they go and they play the Chargers, and everybody said, what if they lose this game? Well, they didn't. But Dak Prescott didn't turn the ball over last night. You know how I feel about Brandon Staley. I'm watching this game, and I'm like, it just felt like the Chargers were right there and couldn't find a way to get it done. Well, look, he he did turn down, you know, in what was a field position game and what was a defensive struggle game, right, in which both teams kind of showed their best shot with some early scripts, and then it settled down to nothing. He he turned down three points. He turned it turned down. down three points. He went for a fourth down. So did so. You know, McCarthy did the same thing. Um, but you know, and McCarthy, like again, there's a reason why I, I didn't really have a strong feeling on this game because I don't trust either head coach. <laughs> I don't trust their in-game decision making. Like I, they just find ways to lose games. And what McCarthy did at the end of the half could have very well came back to bite Dallas in the ass. You know, if the other guy uh, and, and the genius Kellen Moore could have unlocked a few things there, but that wasn't to be. But uh, you know, if Staley uh, if Staley kicks that field goal, you know, which was a gimme, we're, we're probably going to overtime. You know, and then he's got the better quarterback. So who knows? Um, big win for the Dallas Cowboys. There's no two ways about it. Uh, they lose that game. They come back zero and two on this road trip. Um, with that Arizona loss already on the road in their back pocket, and all of a sudden you start. I think it would get in their heads like, hey, are we really front runners? You know what I mean? Are we yep. are we great when Jerry's sitting in the suite, but we can't beat anybody when we leave Arlington? Um, so a big win. Uh that's just the Chargers. The Chargers, they they right, like how many times are the Chargers gonna win a string of one score games? It that doesn't like that just doesn't seem to be in their DNA. It's just not going to happen. Um, I thought that Eckler would be a little more involved. I know it was his first game back, but against that team that generates so much pressure, I thought the screen game would have been a little more prevalent. It was clear Kellen Moore wanted to push the ball downfield no matter what. You know, that didn't work out so well. Um, you know, I, I, I it's it's just kind of who the Chargers are. And I I kind of wonder about them now. You can look at some of the numbers, Carl, and you could say, well, that's that's the, a potential offensive juggernaut. And we can talk about Eckler didn't play in a lot of those games. But we can also go back to, like, late second quarter against the Raiders before their bye, and they had scored 24 points in, like, 26 minutes, and then they didn't score the rest of that game. You know what I mean? And then they come off a bye, 
and they're at home in prime time, and they can't score 20. Now, they should have had 20 if the guy kicks a field, but they couldn't get 20 with 20 yeah. is all you needed at home to get you to up, right? So they couldn't do, do that. So, like, I, how good are they offensively? I, I don't know. I know the quarterback's good. I know they have good receivers, really good receivers. I know that Austin Eckler has been a touchdown machine his whole career, and he should be a scrimmage monster. And maybe they'll unlock that again, and it'll get going. But I don't know. You know, I, I they're very inconsistent. Um, they tend to have, you know, runs of a half or uh, two, you know, a quarter and a half where they look like one thing, and then that that doesn't tend to be sustainable. Um, it's a big night for Andy Reid. I know that, right? Like that's a that's a that's a nice night for Andy Reid because if the Chargers win that game, you know, and then the Raiders are at three and three. All of a sudden, you know, maybe that that the Chiefs are looking over their shoulder at least a little bit. Like maybe they're at least peeking back, but I don't think so right now.